Moncrief with Energlaze on News Talk. You are listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk. Joanna Fortune joins us once again for our parenting slot afternoon. Afternoon. Uh, right, here's the first question. We are parents of a two and a half year old girl and a three and a half month old girl. Since our youngest arrived, our eldest daughter has not shown any interest whatsoever in her sister until this week when she began pinching her face. This week, she also pinched the face of a nine-month-old baby and a one-year-old at her first time at playgroup. She used to pinch faces but hadn't done so in six months. She also was lashed out as if to grab the face of both my husband and I. Seems to have stopped talking and progressing with her language skills, either not answering, not progressing with sentences, choosing to tug at her neck and babble like a baby. She regularly appears deep in thought. She had had an extensive vocabulary since a young age, before she was one and a half years, has less interest in people, relatives, other children, though in saying that... She has never attended childcare, rather she has been minded alone by her parental grandparents, has started only pooing when in her cot, put her hands into it and crying when we take her up to change her. My husband is a primary school teacher, so both of us have been at home with both children for the past three months. We have endeavoured to be responsive, caring, loving parents to our two and a half year old. I mean, there's a lot there, isn't, isn't there? Isn't just? You know, but pretty, I, I, yeah. as you're reading that out and there's quite the list of behaviours observed, you know, I think at the end, you know, we've endeavoured to be responsive and caring. You clearly are yeah. responsive and caring. You're highly tuned into these changes in your daughter, but you're listing them in a way that makes me feel like you have a very specific question within all of those examples, that yeah. you're holding a worry, you're holding a question. And in any situation, it be it parenting or otherwise, if you have a question, go and get that question asked and answered, if only to rule out the thing you're worried about or confirm so that you can make a plan and you can move forward. So I would be saying to you, based on what you're saying, that there is some developmental regression or stagnation, mm. that you're seeing an increase in certain behaviours, you're seeing a decrease in some kinds of verbal language and socialisation progression. She's two and a half years old. You are slap bang between your developmental check window of the two year old one and the three year old one. I would contact your public health nurse without delay and I would ask for a developmental check for your daughter, explaining why and citing these examples. And you could also ask for a referral to the early years team who will just take a more kind of multidisciplinary, holistic look at her global development. Yeah. And they will be able to support you if there is anything to be concerned about. And if not, they may also be able to give you some pointers. So all of that, that's not like you call today and you have the appointment tomorrow. I wish it was, Mm -hmm. but it's just not. So get that going. But in the meantime, what you are doing with her, I think you keep doing it. Use redirection, use distraction. She's two and a half. You're not going to reason with her anyway. Yeah. Like you're just not. But The pinching is particularly interesting. You know, that pinching of skin Mm. and that squeezing, it's very, if you even were, like I'm doing it now, like people can see me, but, you know, if you're squishing your own cheeks, it it actually has that very soft, squishy feel. There's quite a sensory experience to it. And for me, that just feels like sensory seeking stimulation behaviours. I would get her fidget toys. I would get her things she can squish. Yeah. Not cheeks, not Mm. other babies, (laughs) not your baby. But she can, she might be looking for something that would be quite regulating for her to squeeze. So you can get those kinds of putties and pull things and stretch and soft, like squishy bits. Um, Mm. You can certainly get those and that might be no harm. So you're redirect, when I say redirect her, it's not don't do this and leave her with no option. No, let's take our squeezy hands and this is for squeezy hands. 
so that she's like, oh, here's what I can squeeze rather mm. than just what I can't because she's two and a half. Yeah. So if you don't yeah. give me an alternative option, I'm going back to the cheeks Yeah. because that's what I'm doing. But you've got a few bits like that you could do. I think otherwise with her, again, bearing in mind her age and that there is some sensory seeking stuff and she seems a little dysregulated and just not quite in sync. She's acting out. Play music, dance, sway, sing. You don't have to be good at any of those things to do it. Just do it uh, because all of those are going to build in some rhythm and synchrony into her play space. So those are going to help trigger the parts of her brain associated with emotional regulation, quite literally to get back into sync when it all feels out of sync. Mm. So bring in a lot more of that music, singing, swaying, dancing. But I would be contacting your public health nurse on this. Okay, but. Wouldn't this just be classic? There's somebody new in the house and I've been knocked off my perch. I mean, it could be if it wasn't for the pattern of behaviours described in the middle. It's an awful lot to have happened. It's quite a list. You know, if you were looking at one or two of those, I'd be saying, oh, well, look, she's a toddler and you have a new baby in the house. And, you know, I know babies consume us parents entirely, but they're not that interesting to toddlers. They don't do anything. They don't say anything, (laughs) you know. So for a toddler not to be that interested in a baby isn't in itself a huge worry. It really isn't. And in lots of ways, Sean, if you were to take each of the things listed here in isolation, you wouldn't say that's a huge concern. But when you put them together, it's like a breadcrumb trail. You say, Mm. well, you know, there's enough here to have a question and go, she's so young. Yeah. Go have that question looked at, if only to rule it out and to give you some direction and pointers. If she has, you know, she seemed to have a surge in language development at a very young age. So she also could be simply plateauing. Yes, yeah. You know, so, yeah. but have somebody look at that for you that can reassure you about that. Yeah. I'm wondering if you could discuss how best to deal with a problem my nine-year-old daughter is having at present. Recently, this, sorry, I shouldn't be laughing at this, but I think probably a lot of adults might have a problem with this. Recently, she's unable to go to sleep and stay asleep due to having mice in our house. The mice have been dealt with and are longer in the house. She has always been a very good sleeper and once asleep would rarely wake up. However, now she's become very aware of every single sound she hears during the night. She wakes up several times during the night shouting and looking for me, her mammy. She wants me to stay with her until she falls back asleep, which is something I never would have done in the past. She has even become nervous to go upstairs on her own and wants myself and my husband to go with her. I'm unsure how to best deal with her worry. Any thoughts or suggestions on how to deal with it would be very much appreciated. I think you've hit the nail on the head. There's a whole lot of adults listening to this who are now doing shivers, you yeah. know, going, oh, no, we, thanks. We interviewed a woman earlier on today. A woman found a snake in her bed that in chi- Dublin. That child does not need to hear this. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully she's maybe not. Still, it's, I don't know. Yeah. A woman found a snake in her bed, then brought it to the guard and said, look, I found a snake in my bed. I mean... That's 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 significant, that's, right? That's going it's to rare. be. It should be it's, said. It's rare, but you know, yeah. it's. But, it's I, that, but you could say if you found a snake in your bed, guaranteed there's no mice. Uh, but that's probably but that's not a, a comfort to that child. That's uh, a really good positive <laughs> reframing on that one. But also, I think any idea of something in your house mm. that you know is is very intrusive. Yeah, it's very invasive, and of course, you have a body feeling. But that's literally what I'm saying. We all have a bodily reaction to the idea of what are just mice. They are just mice. Yeah, but. Nobody says, Sasha, they're just mice, let them in. Mm. You know, you're like, they're just mice grand, but get them out. So her reaction 
it, there is context to it. Mm. You know, it's not like she has come up with this. She was a great sleeper and now she's not. But because of the mice. Yeah. You know, so it her, you know, where children have a disruption in things like sleeping, eating, toileting, if there is a context to it, you know, a life event and experience, we would look at, OK, well, that's a congruent expression of that disruption. Mm. But now we look at how do we support her in returning to that baseline? And what you're describing here is, <clears throat> you know, you're talking about. She's had this fright. Let's call it that. Now, this parent, Sean, is not mentioning how they reacted to the mice. I just want to put that in there. So I don't know how everyone else reacted. And, you know, if this child's fright was absolutely in line with everyone else's response. But now everyone else is reassured and she hasn't returned to baseline. Or you don't care at all, in which case you might be going, it's disproportionate. But she's had this fright what happens when we get a fright? Our nervous system, our autonomic nervous system goes into a heightened activation. We become highly mobilized, leaving us ready to react. We are primed to respond. In lots of situations, that's a life-saving thing that all of yeah. us can do. It helps us go, got to get out of here, got to react. So hers has gotten stuck on alert. The mice put her up there and she's just not reassured that they're gone. So what you have to do is you can't tell her to calm down. You can't use your words and say, no need to be worried. Calm down. The mice are gone. You have to be the calm through which she is calmed. Mm. So we call that co-regulation. So you've got to go into your own nervous system and be really honest. How are you feeling about this? Do you feel that you're calm and calm enough within yourself to be calming for her. Yeah. Are you getting irritated by having to be with her at night, the constant waking up? The re- Are you going, come on, just go. Be really honest about that because that's not going to help this situation either. Mm. You have to be able to go to a place in you that can offer her that calm regulation because she's not getting it herself. The One of the best ways to speak to that nervous system heightened arousal is actually play. Because we talk, you know, in our nervous systems, we all have this place that we feel safe and we feel regulated, super, but we have a place where we go when we don't. And if it's to activation and mobilization, play is a blend of that. Play is activating, but it is safe. So if you get her playing and lots of playing, sensory play, rhythmic play that we just mentioned about, but also play that might enable her to play out this scenario, play out this story. So small world play with the little doll's house characters. She can play out the bit, the story according to her, or she could play out the bit that she's, oh, the mice is scared. You can then come in and play out the bit where someone comes in and mice are gone and however the mice got in is blocked up and it's all reassuring safety regulation and repeat that. It might be something playful you could do that you could have someone, not somebody she's going to recognize now, um, leave her a voice note to say, I was the person who got rid of the mice. The mice are gone where they got in is blocked up just to reassure you there are no mice in your house. Yeah, that can, Sometimes hearing it from someone that isn't your parent can be helpful. But I think you've got to come at this with acceptance and empathy and speak to that heightened nervous system in a, doing the communication, not with words. Yeah. So play, lots and lots of play. Increase the sensory play, even though she's nine. Do lots of that small world play and just be very nurturing and reassuring to her. And that gradual coming down Mm. into that safe, regulated part of her nervous system will happen. 
And in, in the meantime, when she wakes up in the night and wants to get in with mommy. Well, I mean, I all, yeah. look, you know, which when it comes to that, I always think kids getting into your bed is an issue if it's an issue for you. Yes. If yeah. it's not yeah. something that bothers you and everyone gets a night's sleep, it really isn't a problem. But if she needs, it sounds like she's waking up in her own bed and just wants mom to stay with her. Yeah. And yeah. it may be that you're holding a hand and you're just rubbing her back and doing some of that kind of nonverbal touch based relaxation, reassurance, and then you let her know you'll step outside, but you'll still be upstairs for a few minutes doing things and you will be back to check on her. Doing it in that way could be enough. Yeah. Uh, hopefully somebody has helpfully suggested get her a cash. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole other set of issues. Then or a snake, who knows? Her, yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, my mother is unwell at the moment and has to go for a bit of treatment. It means she will be off her feet for a few months, but hopefully will be recovered in the new year. However, for the next few months, my children are going to see some noticeable physical and emotional changes in their nana. My daughter in particular is so close to her grandmother she spends every day at her house after school and because she lives over the road will see her every day. I don't know how to prepare my daughter who's only five for what's to come. To be honest I don't know how to prepare myself so approaching it with a five-year-old who thinks the world of her is going to be tough. Any guidance? Mm. Oh, you know, the first thing is the, to be honest, I don't know how to prepare myself. That's actually the number one priority here. Yeah, I think yeah. we default into, we got to prioritise our kids. The best thing you will do for your daughter is to start with how you're feeling about this and to get some supports for yourself. Be sure you've got activated your own support network and can mind yourself. Linking in with your local support groups who might be, to, I don't know what the illness is, I don't know the yeah, nature of yeah. it, but lots of organisations, if there is a particular illness here, will exist and have resources, support groups can offer services like that, or even just information about how to begin difficult conversations. With a five-year-old, I would always be open and honest, but developmentally appropriate. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. the caveat. Because your daughter is going to see granny every day anyway because she lives so close which is great by the way for both for for Nana and for mm. everyone else that she has that support it is to tell her honestly Nana is sick she has a sickness in her body whatever way you want to say it she needs special medicine or special treatment or whatever it yeah. is again to help her feel better the medicine is very strong and she's going to see her doctor a lot but it means she's going to be tired and we will see her, but she might not be able to play and she might not mm. be able to come over as much. And there might even be a few days when we don't get to see her. But Nana and the doctors are working very hard to get better. And now we're going to mind Nana in the way she's always minded us. And children like to feel useful and yeah. helpful in situations. So then it could be, do you know what Nana loves? She loves your drawings. We could make cards, we could draw pictures, we could put some of Nana's favourite bits into a care parcel and we can deliver that for her. We can leave her voice notes while she's getting treated if she's going to be in hospital so that you're singing songs with her. Little things like that. Children really do enjoy that and can sustain connection in that way of holding her in mind and being mm. held in mind. So I think there are some very creative, playful, practical things you can do, but none of that supersedes you prioritizing yourself and adjusting to this news because we're forever our parents' children, no matter how old we yeah. are. So it can be really hard to see a parent unwell. That can, No matter how old you are yourself, that's still your mom. Yeah. So I think, you know, taking time for yourself, even if that means arranging some third parties or psychotherapy or counseling support for yourself, whatever that means for you, 
entrusting some information to a close friend that you can tag in when you need a break that would be available to go for walks with you when you just need to process what's going on. That's an investment in your daughter as well. Yeah. Also, I, I, the fact that the mother lives just across the road mm. kind of thing is is maybe a good thing in a way because yeah. it won't, at least it won't be a scenario where the five-year-old doesn't see Nana for a month or three weeks and then gets an awful fright. Absolutely agree. So, and if there are, you know, because physical and emotional changes are here, but if there is something, or if anyone's listening and it's something like, I'm just going to take something really obvious like a hair loss or weight loss or something like that. Or if there's going to be, I don't know, a tube that is now visible. So anything like that, a child will notice that, but they Mm. can cope with that information so long as you prepare them for it. Explain it, put some language on it and say, this is all part of the treatment and this is just something that's happened. So I think they just don't want the surprises because children are naturally curious and if you've given the information they're less likely to say hey what's going on there and point it out. But she's five so you want to give little and often answer the questions that she asks you and don't flood her with information. Mm. My son has become friends with a group of guys that I don't like. I know of a few things they've been involved in. I just want my son, I don't want my son associated with them. When I started to notice it, I told my son to stay away from them, but it resulted in him lying about who he was out with. I remember being a teenager when my parents told me to do something, I do the opposite. Any help as how to navigate this? Because I really don't want my son to end up a lost cause. Oh, that's quite extreme wow, though, that isn't is, it? Yeah. You know, so I don't know who the crowd is or who he's running with, but that's quite the extreme. And I'm wondering, it, and look at you might be listening saying it's totally justified. That's fine. But I'm wondering when you said stay away from that group, did you tell him why? Yeah. Did you yeah. say what your concerns are, why it is. And I don't mean that I'm concerned you'll end up a lost cause, um, but actually I'm aware that some of these kids have been involved in X, Y, Z, and that's not something I want you involved in. You're going to get yourself in trouble. I don't think it's a safe group for you to be with. If you can explain it so it's not just you saying my way, do as you're told, because you have to remember who you're saying it to. I don't know how old this teenager is, um, by the way. So it's slightly different if they're 13 or 17. Right. You know, when you think about it. But, you know, I hold in mind that the teenage brain in general is wired in such a way that kids are oriented towards risk taking, thrill seeking, reward driven, impulsive behaviours. All of those times you end up saying to your teenager, what were you thinking? Mm. They weren't. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And they were yeah. thinking about that'll be great crack or that's go- worth mm. doing, but they're not weighing up the pros and cons of, hmm, is that really such a good idea? That comes <laughs> much, no, much later ever, yeah. for people, much, much later, mid to late 20s, at least for most of us. I think mm. some people search for that yeah. for even longer. But I think when you look at that, this group may actually be appealing, enticing, the exciting risk taking behaviour. And of course, you know, all kids are going to gravitate towards risk and we want it to be healthy risk over unhealthy risk. And you could list out the unhealthy risks without blinking. But what else is he involved in beyond this group is what I'm wondering. Is he involved in music or sports or arts or what activities, what other healthy risk taking behaviours are in his life? And is there a way that you can tip the balance that you can ensure that the things he's involved in are maintained. Mm. And if you're like, no, he's not involved in anything. Is there a way of finding something that used to spark joy for him that you could bring back? Because I think this group sounds, if I'm a teenager, pretty exciting. Yeah, and yeah, you just yeah, saying don't yeah. do it is like they're definitely exciting. So I think reflect with him. I'd also bring up with him, by the way, that 
his lying is going to become a bigger issue than mm. who he's with. And that you do need to know who he's with and where he is just from a safety point of view or if you needed to get him in a hurry. Um, so that's something you can't have. You'd rather him tell you he's with this group than lie about it. And I'm just going to put out there and you'll know the answer to this yourself if it's possible to have even one or two of them over to the house with him to get to know them. Yeah. To yeah. say, look, if these are your friends, I want to know your friends. I think that's always a good idea, no yeah. matter who the kids are. Yeah. Joanna, thanks a million Thank as you. ever. Uh, Joanna Fortune there. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. with Anna Glaze on News Talk.